Honey Loves Podcast. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. it. I'm here with Esther Bellany. Esther is a licensed practical nurse in correction. She has 15 years of professional experience. Ordained minister who worked in children ministries, also an author of her book, Strong Bond, Bright Future. How's your evening, Esther? It's going well. I'm excited to be here tonight. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm excited too. I want to learn from you <laughs> and my audience too. <laughs> oh, so First, I would like to ask you, and this is, you know, um, you being a nurse, I'm sure you get a lot of COVID questions. Of course. <laughs> okay. What do you really think about it? So, According to the science, <laughs> it's best to have the protection you need. I did have COVID last year, okay. and I do remember the feeling of, did I do something wrong, you know? And also my my 16-year-old, my now 16-year-old son and my 7-year-old daughter had it as well. It was mm -hmm. a very scary time. We, we were perfectly fine because, you know, we were up on our vitamins. But I do remember feeling like, okay, oh, it's important to be mindful that COVID is real. Take care of yourself the best way you can. Immunity is important. In regards to the vaccine, although it's definitely a personal thing, I am vaccinated. Uh -huh. However, I do understand why someone would be hesitant but I do support vaccination. I do not support mandated vaccination, but I do support a strong push for making sure everyone, as many people as possible, can get vaccinated. So that's my honest take of the whole thing. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And which vaccine did you get? You mind me asking? I got Moderna. Oh, okay. And you feel fine? Ish. Um, uh -oh. I, I do. <laughs> I honestly, I do believe that you have to be at your best shape, mm -hmm. um, because it does feel like symptoms I didn't have when I had COVID last year are symptoms that I'm have that I've experienced, like the fatigue. Mm -hmm. It took my body a while to fight that. Um, oh. it did, and that's that was that's been my experience. Everyone has their different experiences. Some people don't feel anything at all. Some people get super sick and they're sick for a while. So mm -hmm. I do believe it's based on where your health is, your body's physical state when you take the vaccine also does play a part. But I am no scientist. I'm no chemist. <laughs> right. Can't back that up. But that has <laughs> been my experience and what I've heard others say about the vaccine as well. So, oh. Well, I want to ask you about working as a nurse and correction yes the whole vision of that I can imagine you know from what you hear about corrections and how a lot of fights go down and stuff like that yes I, what I can what and I have to ask this what's the worst thing you've seen like the experience you've had I mean I'm you know stabbings well I have seen more the population the inmate population I work with are more older so we're getting oh. a lot of more of the health stuff 
the got you yeah so i'm seeing a lot of that which for a nurse is great especially a new nurse um is great experience um because you're hands-on i the worst thing i have seen was um i want to say someone passing out that was probably very scary for me at best so yeah okay yeah do you see yourself making this a career like is this where you want to stay or work well let me ask you this practical nurse do you okay you can work in any area as long as it's a nurse needed like you can be a school nurse you can be a do you need different certifications to move around like that yes you do I didn't know that um some states you can work as a school nurse Mm. Um, for sure. So it all depends on the state you work in and your experience as well. Oh, okay. A, a school nurse might be kind of easy, isn't it? Because you basically, you're dealing with, well, I don't know today. It's a lot going on. <laughs> it's a lot going on in schools. It has uh, its ups and downs. It does. Mm-hmm. It does have its ups and downs. I know I remember doing that in my clinical rotations and it was, it can get very hectic, lots of paperwork. Um, and there's a, a mental health component because some kids are going through things and they need that more support and the nurse sometimes can be that support. Mm-hmm. So I that as well. So, yeah. Wow. Now your book, Strong Bond, Bright Future. Yes. Where was your inspiration to write that book? Like what happened? Like what did you, what inspired you to write your book? So for me... Um, I actually was trying to stay on that Periscope wave a few years back. Um, and during that time, I want to say it was 2017, I actually did a series of Periscopes on um, being a mom of teens. My stepson had just turned 13 and then my oldest was 12. So I was experiencing the middle school life, you know, having teenage, uh, teenagers and preteens. Mm-hmm. And I, all the things that I brought to the table of my tips, all of my wisdoms, um, that I, I'll never forget that broadcast being my most viewed, those three broadcasts being my three most viewed broadcasts out of, I believe, like 120 broadcasts. Wow. Periscope. And even what really struck me was after, even like two years after when I would go back to Periscope before it closed down. And it just kept accumulating in views. And I'm like, I guess there's something there. Mm -hmm. So I remember I did pray about it. And I really felt pushed to take the information and write an ebook about it. Um, But then it it became more than that. It became this whole journey from writing a book, book, um, having it as an ebook, and also um, launching my coaching business as a parent coach. Okay. Coaching, wait, parent coach, because that's what I wanted to ask you about. So you coach parents of teens. Are the teens troubled teens? Or is it a situation where parents are, it doesn't matter whether you have a troubled teen or you're just a parent that wants to get it together. You know what I mean? On parenting. And how did you fall into that um, position of doing that? Um, I, it's any parents that need help, whether the child, whether the teen is troubled or not, because you can perceive a a child, a teen to be uh, troubled and they're not, and they're not troubled. They're, you're just stressed out. Um, (laughs) 
So yeah. I realized that, um, and I experienced that as a mom as well, you mm-hmm. know, so, um, so that's, so I, my mission is to create a network of parents of teen supporting teens. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, especially with my coaching and my, my, um, social media content, I just bring wisdoms and just want to encourage parents out there that, you know, your teens are not, you know, they're not the anomaly. They're not the outlier. You know, we're all in this together. Some days we're like, oh, these kids are out of their minds. And some days, you know, because every child has some things that they're going through, especially with the pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. mental mental health uh, for our teenagers has definitely been in jeopardy, especially, you know, think about high school, being able to go to prom, being able to play sports and all that in 18 months has been shifted. And mm-hmm. although things are kind of going back to normal, depending on, on what state you live in, um, you know, your kid had, you know, some issues, could have dealt with some depression, some anxiety, you know. So I just, my, what I do is I, I reach out when I'm reached out to, um, I, I help the parent narrow down what they really have going on and try to make um, a measurable goals based on that. And what is it about yourself that's making this hard as well? Not just the team, but what about you? Hmm. And, and when did you receive your calling to become an ordained minister, to become ordained? Oh, man. Uh, I was ordained three years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, man, I've counted the cost of being a minister. I, I could talk like as a Christian. Um, mm-hmm. when you are operating in a higher level and you're now serving, like you're, you're in a higher level so you could serve more. And so you're now, there's more requirement of you. you High, know, higher you're, level, higher level meaning. I'm sorry to cut across you. Like when, when you say like minister versus, you know, like a leader at church, you know what I mean? Like there's, you have more responsibilities. Basically. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's more required of you and you have to step up to the plate. There's more praying to do. There's more being vigilant with yourself. There's more being responsible and accountable to your growth as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think sometimes there are leaders that at times may drop that ball because you kind of get comfortable in the work, but you don't remember you got to still work on yourself and let Mm -hmm. God work on you. And Mm -hmm. so it's a lot. um, It's a lot. And I'm just excited that, you know, God chose me to be a part of, you know, the body of Christ and to help not only grow the saints, but help bring the lost to, to him. So I'm, I'm honored to be an ordained minister. It's probably the hardest part of my life um, in terms of like responsibility mentally and, and emotionally, like I've had to really work on me. Wow. I'm working on me now. You know, no, I'm laughing because, no, I really am. But, you know, I mentioned this to um, another woman who's a a minister on one of my other um, interviews. I was telling her how I've seen spirits speak through people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and she was laughing because I said, you know, the first time you experience that, it's like first you look, you're like, do I see that? And then, you know, you, you, if you say something like I would tell my family, no, this means that it doesn't mean that because you can't see it the way I see it. And Mm -hmm. they're like, what? And I'm like, you don't understand. And I was curious because 
I also have an um, ordained minister um, in my family, and I called her up to speak to her about it, and she said yes. And I noticed that when I speak to people of God, and I say people of God, they can relate like they know they know what that is. And you can hear my voice. The reason why I'm, I sound this way is because that experience, when you first experienced that, did it shock you? No, it did not. <laughs> wow. Um, one thing about um, you have you 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 walk in a high level of power, you know, and when you really think about walking as a minister or when you become a a pastor or you know you know the the some people may not understand the titles, but it's not just a title. It's like you're now you have a higher level of authority right like a high level of responsibility in, in the spirit when if you would if you will so you're gonna see a lot more crazy or what people may perceive as crazy but you know that you're that your god has chosen you and jesus if we're following jesus he experienced those things all the time he talked about spirits all the time in in you know in, in, in so in the word so with that being said you know when you encounter it you know that you have the power for it to go especially if it's tormenting someone's life if especially if they're not in agreement with it staying um Mm. the thing with spirits is they only stay if you want them to they don't have legal right to stay if you don't want them to so sometimes people are, are in agreement with some things in their lives that you can see a spirit through it right but um they have to not want it anymore right they have to want to be free and then that's only when, when and when you can command it to go. So, yeah. but now all the spirits aren't bad, though. Aren't there some spirits that are there to help you? Um, if the spirit is not of God, it's not good. If the spirit is of God, if it's an angel, it's good. There are angelic beings that that God has sent for help for protection. Mm-hmm. And then there are spirits not of not of God, not of heaven. And so that that's my belief as a Christian, as a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that belief it stems from the Bible. Um, people have their different experiences. You know, we, we grew up different cultures and all of that. But for me, what keeps me grounded with like knowledge of the spirit is a spirit is keeping it bible so that's that's where i draw my knowledge from it or i keep my my knowledge to that i don't go out of that so but that's been that's my uh that's my take on that <laughs> nice so now here's the the next question okay you are a wife a mom of seven children yeah. How do you do that and everything else that you do? <laughs> How do you already say that did it, did it? Yeah, and, like, was and, and, and I mean, when I, I mean, writing the book, I'm an author also. I've written mm-hmm. a lot of books, but writing the book, that takes time. That mm-hmm. takes, leave me alone. Don't talk to me. Can't do it now. I can't help you. Yeah. Um, let's talk about it. Let's Start from it. your husband on down. 
So my husband and I, uh, we met 13 years ago. So our, yeah, so our boys were one, three, and four when we met. Oh, so, yeah, thank you. So wait, he, he, came, he came to the marriage with a with child. Stepson, yeah. That's okay. what me. Yeah. So there's my three, my two boys, his son. Oh. So we always knew we would want at least a child like of our own together. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe two, maybe, <laughs> you know, like just, you know, because five is a lot. And I was always satisfied with my two. Always. I was like, I got my two boys. I'm good. Like, I'm young. <laughs> I'm good. This is it. It's perfect. Um, and, you know, having the blended family, you know, was it was challenging for, you know, for sure. Uh, although him and I always have collaborated when it came to parenting, you know, and wanting what's best for our boys, which, you know, you deal with, you know, um, family of, you know, your, the, the, you know, the, our children's other parents and their families and those dynamics and coming together, we mm. made it work. We've always collaborated with, you know, with all of the family. So we're good on that end. Right. So when it mm. came to growing our family, uh, we had our oldest, uh, which was our first daughter. And we were like, okay, we're good. This is it. <sighs> but God had other plans. And I say God, because <laughs> it was, not, it, it was something I had to, I really felt at those times. Like I felt at that time, like I had to release control of the number. Wow. And it was the oddest sense ever. Like I always was like, okay, I got my girl. I got my two boys. I'm straight. Like mm-hmm. I'm good. And um, when I I found out of, of my second daughter, which made number number five for all for like in total, right? Because our my first daughter made number four. Then my second daughter, I found out I was fifteen weeks pregnant and found out it was a girl because Aww. I actually was like, oh my gosh, I think I'm pregnant. I think I'm having a miscarriage. So that's how I found out about my second daughter. Um, so and then she that was a NICU experience. Um, born early, preterm labor, all of that. And I really think that changed the way I looked at life. Mm. I think that's the lesson that God wanted me to, to get to. Like, life is so much more precious than trying to control that number of these kids and that kids. And it really made, after, I, after my second daughter, then I got pregnant with my son. And two years later, or a year and a half later, got pregnant with my younger daughter, who's now three, it made it easier to let go of the feeling of what people are going to say. Cause people really did a very good job. And I don't think they did, did it intentionally, but mm-hmm. they did a very good job of making us feel like we were weird. We were crazy. <laughs> All they would look at you. <laughs> yeah. Like how many, how do you do it? And we've never asked anyone to help us pay our bills. God has been faithful. Even when we were on one income, my husband working, we made it work. We lived below our means. We did what we needed to do. We were still able to buy a was- house. Tax time, time was wonderful. Tax time helped. It did help in those days, yes. Um, but but it um, I realized that you know this is what God wanted for my husband and I. He wanted us to be happy with our large number, and we could not have asked for something better because it's grown him and I. It's matured us, and also we have some awesome kids where they're super Aww. gifted, and it makes living fun and it's yes it's hectic yes it's busy but my husband and I have had to learn how to not only live below our means but time manage and really push 
and be good models to our kids to want to go out into the the world hitting the ground running nice and we're just excited about Archie. I mean, they, I mean, I say this because people still, there's still kind of like a weird stigma, weird aura about having a large family because, you know, I think growing up in the nineties, it was like, no, just 2.1 kids and all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you look at my kids and they don't look like they're part of a family of six based on the, the stereotype that you would expect in your mind or in one's mind. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the kids are healthy looking, they're happy, and they make life fun. And I wouldn't have it any other way. My husband and I, we would not have it any other way. Uh, we love every one of them, and they're bo- they're all filled with talent and gifts, and we're excited to see it playing out even at their young ages. And even as the teenagers, they're figuring themselves out. It's great. It's an awesome journey. I've, so, seen, I've seen parents with a lot of kids, and I just thought, oh, they really love each other. It shows. Yeah. <laughs> you you want to know something I want to know about the kids you don't have to say their names if you don't want to you can say the ages and just tell Mm -hmm. me how talented they are who's the challenging one who's the one you always have to say you know I told you go to bed a long time ago you up here asking me questions who's the jokester who's the serious one so my boys are talented in sports and in music my so my my stepson is wonderful in computers and computer science. Nice. Um, my six year old is phenomenal at the drums. He's a percussionist as well, um, and he's actually on his cross country team as well as he's very good at very good at basketball. He wants to pursue training. He wants to go to college for athletics whether it's physical therapy or sports medicine so we got that and then we got my 14 year old who is great at sports I mean the boy touches anything sports and he's just good whether it's soccer whether it's basketball football uh he's super and he's super into they're all great creatives Mm -hmm. but they're both they're all really good with their books they're smart in their grades beautiful and so and, and then we got the younger ones who are all like I mean, they're flipping or all over the house cartwheels. They love to sing. I have theater kids. My younger oh. kid, my theater kids, and then my my five year old boy is my acrobat, and he's a dancer. And <laughs> and so, and my husband's a musician. He's a he's a um, he's a pianist. He plays the guitar, oh, the bass. Um, I play the violin. I he very <gasps> track. You know, um, both were book smart in school. Um, so it's like, are we seeing ourselves recreated? Which Wait, is... you guys didn't do a band thing? Like, you guys don't get together? Wait, because yeah, I can sing. I we sing, be... right? We... You don't get together and play in the house? We do. When my husband's oh, not busy. Oh, beautiful. So we, we do. We sing. We pray. We we hang out. We're, I mean, they're always having little concerts. And we're just letting them like find themselves and show themselves they are in organized things outside the home it's not just in the house like they're in organized sports and organized you know ensembles um band um they're in ballet dance they're in organized things outside the home so their talents are being showcased in their schools and and outside in the community so i'm we're excited just that all of our kids get a chance to um, really start to nurture and develop themselves. It's a beautiful thing to see. I love to, to I mean, to see a Black family 
doing, you know, raising their kids, showing the world that it does exist. Yes. Does this make sense? You know, you yes. know what I mean? Absolutely. For you to have, and every single one of your children are high level learners. You know, that's a blessing. It's beautiful. And bless you and your husband, because guess what? That takes work because then you, you, you are able to do all of these things. Plus have your kids the way they are. That takes work. Oh, you know, thank you. And, and, and guess what? Where you fall short, he steps in and that's what it's about. That's how I was raised with, uh, you know, my parents raised us that way. That's how I raised my boys. Yeah. So, you know, keep up the good work and time. So what, what do you do when, I mean, listen, you have to have a breaking point. Do you go in the bathroom and close the door? Cal gone, take me away. Like what happened? I wish I, I'm in, I'm always in my car. Like if I need, I just go, I just go <laughs> find somewhere. Sometimes the, if the kids are in bed mm-hmm. and everyone's without watching a movie, my husband and I would just like go grab a bite and just sit in the car. Like our cars, I mean. This is a, I don't know if it's a good habit or not, but something I developed even when I was in college, when I commuted mm. all those years ago, um, that because I commuted over 45 minutes. So I would always sit in my car or sleep in my car. It was, you know, so I'm used to my car being my sanctuary. It's weird. Mm. <laughs> I do my lives in my car, my Facebook lives in my car. So um, that's why I get away. Um, and I just, I just like quiet whenever I ch- get a chance to get away you know, go on a, a weekend, you know, we do that. Um, uh, the pandemic has not helped. Um, <laughs> we've had to be selective in terms of where we go. Not everywhere's open or fully open. Um, but yeah, I do take space as much as I can. Um, quiet space. So go for walks. Who steps in to help you guys with the kids? Grandma, any grandparents? Oh, or- yes. Oh, that's beautiful. Our, our grand, um, grand, my my mom and my stepdad are super hands on. I have my aunts, uncles, always here, loving on the kids. My mother in law, my my siblings as well. My sibling in law is just always there, always super supportive. Um, my husband and I are super self sufficient, mm-hmm. but when we need the help, a lot of times they're like, "We'll help you. We get it." ask for help you know um so we've in seasons where we like when I was in nursing school and in those kind of seasons we've had to be like hey is it okay if you can watch them for the weekend and they're always willing to so um and they just love to spend time with the kids um they love the kids and so we're really blessed to have support um and we would not be where we are without our wonderful parents like our moms are phenomenal our parents are phenomenal our dads are phenomenal so for sure. You know, my, I remember my mother, when my parents raised us to be really, we were really good kids, my sister, my brother and I, and she would tell me that she, her and my father, she would say to him, we have to raise our kids to be really good because if something happened to us, family would be fighting to take them. Yeah. You know, that was their thought years ago, yeah. you know, but, but, um, Everybody loves well-raised kids, and yeah. it's, it's not. Some people may think it's going out of style. It's not. It's not. I, I realized I had, you know, my hands on my kids. Now I'm not a helicopter parent. I'm not, mm-hmm. but um, I, my hands are on them. What do you did? My twins started college at 17, and I'm like, okay, let me see what grade you get this week. 
boom, boom, boom. I'm still in it. <laughs> yeah, you have to be. Because it's easy to get lost when a parent steps back. So I will step back when, I, you know, you'll know the time. You'll know you when it's time. Yeah. And, and I try not to let anyone words, oh, you should let them. Oh, you should let them. Me listening to you can cause them to fail. And then that's my fault. So I don't have to listen to you. Exactly. And, and, and people that offer words when you're not asking them. Yeah. Oh, you know, so God bless you and keep mm-hmm. on doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really am so honored. Oh, and thank you. Thank you for giving me this interview. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for listening, guys, to Mohani Loves Podcast. Let's talk about it. And always know that I love you. <laughs>